0: Welcome to the Pioneers in Europe podcast, where we explore the opportunities, challenges, and events that are shaping church planning across Europe. Today we're talking with J.D. Gilmore, serving the church in southern Italy and overseeing churches across Italy. Well, we're here with J.D. Gilmore uh, all the way in Italy to check in on him and see what church planning looks like in the age of COVID. Um, J.D., thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Why don't you go ahead and just give us a little bit of background of where you're at? You, you've actually been on this podcast before, but uh, let us know where you're at. And uh, you're at the epicenter of the current COVID crisis. So uh, just give us a picture of your life right now.
1: So I'm in Sicily, based in the city of Palermo, the capital city of Sicily. And uh, as you know well, uh, Italy is one of the most affected countries in the world right now. Most of this is in the north of Italy. Um, but the whole of Italy is on a uh, very radical lockdown, which means that we are allowed only to go out for shopping uh, as uh, infrequently as possible. And also, in uh, if we need pharmacy or medical treatment, we're able to go out. But apart from that, lockdown is total. We can't go out for walks. We can't go out for exercise. We can have no friends over. We could see no friends or our neighbors. Um, so we, we've been in this situation here in Sicily for 18 days in areas of northern Italy for uh, almost four weeks now.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. And you yourself are a church planner, but you also oversee—I think it's 15 other churches across Italy. W- what does that look like? What are they experiencing? How are you? How, how, how are you seeing that play out?
1: Yep. So um, yes, as you said, I'm I'm involved uh, with my wife. We're involved in a church plant here in the city of Palermo. A church called Life Hope. Uh, so it's a church plant. So it's a small group. Uh, we have about 15 people that we uh interact with in a significant way especially in this period and then as you mentioned I'm in a in a position of uh, oversight in a sense of a national network of churches uh, which are acts 29 churches and in Italy we call that impatto and so there are 15 churches and church plants uh, spread throughout the country most of them are in the northern section of the of the country so, uh, again, some of my time is spent as well, um, trying to facilitate contact, fellowship, uh, providing some degree of care, uh, interacting with pastors, with leaders, uh, praying, uh, webinars, uh, Zoom calls. Uh, so there's a lot of a uh, lot of involvement on that level, nationally.
0: Yeah. Well, in the international news, we, we see just the tragedy unfolding there, but. I'm wondering uh, what you're seeing as far as just in the church. Like what, what, what are the challenges and what are the opportunities that this moment is bringing us?
1: Well, certainly, um, I think it, it's fair to say none of us expected that it would go like this. Um, so when when the the problem was uh, purely a, a problem on the other side of the world in China. We used to minimize it, joke about it, and uh, just talk about it as something which was very distant from us. Uh, then clearly, as things um, really developed over, over time, uh, we've all been impacted tremendously. Uh, one, because of the, the sheer scale of the tragedy. So we are confronting in Italy things that we've never seen, in, uh, in, in certainly in most of our lifetime. Um, And so we're we're looking at something which is lethal. Uh, We're looking at something which uh, really has impacted and affected the very basis of our society, of our culture. Uh, Things which we took for granted, which uh, are obvious things like greeting. Here in Sicily, we greet with a kiss. (laughs) And uh, of course, all that's gone. We we can't shake hands. We can't approach people. Families are, uh, in certain cases, divided within the same home because of uh, infection. And, and it, it just it's just been a huge, huge uh, unexpected uh, experience. And so as a church, were we prepared for it? That's always a big question. Um, and so I think it would be fair to say that in a sense we weren't. And yet what is coming out is that a lot of what we would define as fairly superficial faith is now being put into question. So there's, there's this element in which it's, it's, uh, it's tragedy which is occurring around us. But at the same time, it is an opportunity for us to uh, dig deep and see what is at the bottom of our faith and also to walk with people who maybe have felt very comfortable in our Western you know, affluent society and when everything was sussed out and sorted and if you had an illness, you went to the doctors and it was resolved you know, fairly short term. And yet all of a sudden we're confronting something which is invisible. We don't know exactly how you get it, how you get rid of it, if you'll get it. And uh, it's just shaken our whole way of looking at life, but it means that we have to dig deep to find what is solid, what remains. And so there's a there's an ongoing process I think in many uh, many minds and many hearts of believers throughout this country in which we're looking at what what is it that really counts. So just to give you a little snapshot of that yesterday I was on a on a call to a Uh, a young he's not uh, a christian he's on the way He's what we call a sympathizer but certainly taking some uh, some really encouraging steps in faith and um, you know what is it this was the conversation what is it that counts in life and so uh, the the prime example i could think of is the wonder of hot italian bread with pure olive oil and a touch of salt (laughs) and that is the most Hmm. that is the most a beautiful kind of image and the 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 feeling which it creates in you is that's wonderful. That's really what life is all about, and it's such a simple thing, and yet it's the essence of life. It's the essence of life is uh, you know a baby smiling. The essence of life is looking outside and seeing uh, you know the the blue sky. That's the and yet maybe up till now we've taken that for granted and so hadn't observed. So I think we're observing a lot more and questioning you know who we are and what we really stand for and what we believe.
0: Right, and you've spent your whole life really in Italy, even though you're from the UK. You've you've spent your whole life in Italy. How are you seeing uh, unprecedented doors being opened? Uh, you shared a little bit of it, but I read it in your article on the Gospel Coalition. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I'd
1: say that um, I, as you said, I've I've grown up here, so I've I've been here since I was three months young. <laughs> So I've been here a long time. And uh, and and we're surrounded by um, the majority, vast majority of people, uh, especially in the south of Italy, would be entrenched in uh, in deep tradition, superstition and tradition. And uh, so that is still very kind of prevalent and uh, that's around us. But again, uh, when you confront something which is the, the scale of what we're confronting, uh, the tradition and the superstition or on the other side of the fence, the indifference to... Uh, spiritual things to the presence of God. Uh, I mean, you know, there's a young generation that doesn't even question whether God is out there because he's so irrelevant, because life kind of flows without God anyhow. But now, of course, now there are questions which are arising. So within the university context, uh, students uh, with whom we're in contact, uh, they're asking questions. You know, what is the meaning of life? It's it's very much like uh, it's like reading Ecclesiastes, but you're seeing it live. You know, people are saying, but life is more than just a, a vapor and it, it's it's just if this is life you know what is the meaning of life and so it, it, it means that there's a there's a creation of an opportunity which within society is really uh, really opening up so there's an open door which is beginning to develop and as people are kind of working through what their lives have been based on up to now they're realizing hey you know it wasn't very solid and so now they're looking they're exploring what options are there and so it's really fascinating that uh, we're getting increasing uh, requests. And I'm talking nationally. I'm not just talking locally, but I'm saying nationally. And even you know, broadly speaking, in Western Europe, I was, uh, I was on a call with some leaders from other parts of Europe. And uh, increasingly, we're getting people who are maybe who up till now would have, wouldn't have even, you know, worried vaguely about, you know, the kind of the Christian message and Jesus. And yet uh, they're now pricking up their ears and listening. And for some of them, it's like a revelation. And I think one of the significant things is that as Christians, uh, we we have a truth which when we embrace it and when we live it out, looks radically different to an average life. In other words, now that kind of fear which paralyzes so many people, uh, as we're looked at and they see we're, we're afraid as well, but it's not paralyzing. We have a way of uh, bringing it back and reining it in. And applying the gospel to it, and therefore we come out the other end with a with a hope, and that sense of uh, hopelessness that people have—they're really looking for people who have a message of hope. And so, this is unprecedented. We've never had that before. And and it's an here's an interesting fact. Today uh, is the day in which the uh, the Roman Catholic Church is offering universal indulgence. In other words, you pray a prayer or a series of prayers uh, today, and whatever you've done. That basically is wiped clean. It's, it's a prayer which is offered gener, gener, generously and generically to anybody and anybody who prays a prayer. But it's all based on superstition. We're kind of in, the, uh, we're in a context where we are daily being uh, encouraged to go to Mary and go to the saint, the local patron saint. And uh, it, it's all about superstition and tradition. And it's not working because people expect to do that and then things change. And so what they're experiencing is they do all that And then the things remain the same if not get worse and so it's shaking their whole faith culture and again for us that's a great opportunity
0: absolutely so as a as a pastor and as a a leader of pastors how are you praying how are you thinking about uh to equip and and help them to prepare the church for the next phases
1: well, I feel very strongly about this. There is a sense in which uh, obviously we need to face the day. We need to uh, face the challenges and the opportunities of the day because those are already great. And so we need to we have been focusing. in, in these first uh, few weeks, we have been focusing, I'd say, almost primarily on the internal needs of the church. So we've been thinking, how do we keep the services going? How do we do streaming? How do we get our believers together to pray together online and Zoom calls? And how do we get Zoom to work? And how do we get the old lady who doesn't have a Zoom connection to actually be able to connect? In other words, we've been, and and we're kind of doing devotionals and Bible studies and streaming, and, and that's great. That's really great. And so there is that sense in which we are trying to meet the need at the moment. But my sense is that we need to also be looking uh, not only at what we have in terms of our family, because the great thing is that when you have Christ, you have christ <laughs> once you 're in christ you 're in christ and and so there is a sense in which we need to be thinking now, uh what are the implications of this in terms of reaching out to those who don 't have Christ so I think we need to be uh focusing on what we have right now, but also beginning to focus on how do we engage with those around us who don 't have the hope that we have so part of that means equipping and resourcing our believers so not just the leaders but the average uh, believer the individual uh, to be prepared to be ready to be fluent in living the gospel out and in proclaiming the gospel out and i think those are two important elements i think the 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 words are not sufficient to have a public that will listen to you you need to have the practice of the gospel. And then as you live it out, then you can talk it out because people will see you as credible. And so we need to be really equipping, uh, resourcing believers to think through what does that look like. And I was particularly challenged by a passage in Jeremiah in, uh, in chapter 32 where in the midst of all kinds of hardships and difficulties and uh, yeah, the, the, the children of Israel, uh, you know, deportation and Babylon and it's not easy, and yet in the midst of all this, uh, there's this chapter where it contains the uh, the invitation to buy a field and to plant crops in a field. The sense that we need to be right now in the midst of the, the virus crisis, we need to be buying a field and investing for what happens afterwards. We don't need to wait until the virus has passed, until the emergency has passed, to then say, now what do we do? We need to be asking the question now. What are we working towards? When, we, when I think now that daily in Italy at this time, between six and 800 people are dying, most of them dying by themselves in hospitals in the north of Italy with no family around. And so the trauma that's creating on families, on uh, you know, husbands, wives, children, grandchildren, uh, you know, some people are saying afterwards one of the greatest needs will be psychological support. I disagree. I think one of the greatest needs, if not the greatest need, is going to be spiritual support. And so, are we ready, are we in a position to buy a field now and plant seeds so that we're in a position to provide, not trite, superficial rhetoric, saying, oh, you know, just trusting God and everything will be okay, but actually engaging with an authentic faith which uh, suffers, which weeps, and yet at the same time, which trusts. And so, I'm questioning in my heart, how can I be more involved with uh, equipping churches, individuals, believers, my congregation, um, with, with authenticity, which then really comes out in their daily connectedness with their neighbors, with their friends, with their family, and put them in a position that they know what they're, they're, they're about to say. It's not just a, a trite phrase, believe in Jesus, everything's going to be okay, but they're going to be able to unpack it and to be able to allow space for people to suffer and to weep and to lament but at the same time to find hope, which then redefines the suffering. So for me, the challenge of this next stage, uh, which starts now, which has already started for some of us, is what's next.
0: Wow, that is that is so good. Not just uh, for Italy, we'll be praying for that, but that that's a timely word for Christians everywhere. I'm thinking here uh, in our context in Colorado uh, as well. Uh, so can you speak to that a little bit? By, by all accounts, Italy is a few weeks ahead of different parts of the US. What what would the church say to the of Italy say to the church here in America that maybe is about to go through what you guys have been experiencing?
1: I think the the greatest message that sad to say that that we can uh, the we can communicate is from from our from the position of tragedy is 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 learn to be deep and simple. In other words, uh, so much of our church life and Christianity is based on what we get from it, but it's also based on the trappings around it, on infrastructure, on meetings, on events, on technology, and uh, as wonderful as that is, I think times like these reveal to us that it's very much a, 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 our life is really based on simple ingredients and so i think the 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 message we would have for for churches who are maybe a few weeks ahead or a few months sorry a few weeks behind or a few months behind maybe who knows but would be to be prepared to to reevaluate and reassess what your life and what your spiritual life what your church life what your body life is actually based on so again for many of us it's the the rediscovery of the it's not even the, the value and the beauty of prayer, but it's the fact that it's essential. You, you have nowhere to go. I saw in, in contact uh, just before this, uh, this, this podcast with a, a missionary couple, uh, church planting up in the north of Italy, and uh, they are both uh, ill. They don't have uh, the virus officially yet, but it seems that there's a good chance they might have it. Uh, and this couple have basically been quarantined in their home for now three and a half weeks. Uh, the, uh, the wife's father is in, uh, is in hospital in a severe condition. Uh, the situation is deteriorating. He may not make it through. Uh, but this couple have really, in the last few weeks, they have excelled in uh, rallying individual Christians together, bringing them together in, in, a, in a sense, an open room online for prayer. And it's it's so simple, and it's so essential. It's uh, sharing uh, a verse from Scripture. You often get some kind of maybe weird ideas coming out, but it's just that sense of simplicity. It's very organic. It's very, it's very raw. It's very beautiful, and therefore it's to be valued. So I think we would say value the simplicity of walking together as individuals, uh, exploring what faith really looks like when it's worked out in a war zone, like the one we're living through and be prepared for it. Uh, but then don't be, don't be squashed by it, don't be uh, shattered by it, but see it as an opportunity to learn that only Christ is sufficient to everything that we're going through and that His grace is sufficient and that He invites us to walk courageously and embrace our fear and
0: walk with Him even through the hard times. Wow, that is so good. Well, just to, just to wrap up then, I want to know, I, I think it's obvious to a lot of the listeners, but um, in terms of how even now we can be thinking, uh, how we can be praying for, supporting uh, long-term and short-term, um, and even the work of, of sending more missionaries to come partner alongside these churches. Uh, speak to that a little bit and let us know. I will also uh, put, put links in there. Uh, to how they can even support you, um, and but but how can the church now be acting in faith, kind of buying that field now in America um, to invest in this opportunity that really we haven't seen in our lifetime in Italy? So talk talk to that, and, and we'll wrap this up.
1: Well, I think uh, when I when I think of that, I think we need to reestablish priorities. Um, it's so simple for us all. I mean, you know, some of us, maybe in, uh, in other contexts, we, we don't have the, the same resources or the same job security or the same investments or the same uh, balances in banks or, or whatever. And therefore, we feel you know, we're not privileged. But then there are many people who don't have daily income of any sort, and they resort to whatever they can, you know, they can get from wherever they are. And I think I think for us now, um, the idea of you know the affected area and the unaffected area no longer exists because all the whole world is affected by this. What are the repercussions right. going to be economically? We have no idea. You know the whole idea of support and raising funds to send to needy countries. Where is the needy country? We don't know. So there's a whole redefinition. we kind of one, This is really the, the 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 maximum expression of global. The global becomes local. Because you have a problem in the U.S., we have it in, in in Italy. It's the same problem. And it has the same impact, devastating impact on every, every area of life. So I think we need to really go back to, the, to our kind of lifestyles. And we need to be uh, wise administrators of what we have. For some, that means you have quite a lot to administer and to be wise to how you use it. But it does mean maybe looking at choices, looking at... Uh, you know, what we do with our time, what we do with our funds, what we do with our energy, what we do with our creativity, uh, how broadly we're thinking in terms of what impact can we have, because sometimes it's like, as long as my family's okay, then I'm okay. But is there is there any way in which we can be serving the world? And so that mentality means establishing priorities. It means getting out of our comfort zone sometimes. It means maybe foregoing something we have the right to But there's a greater there's something of of greater good out there, which means that we can we can renounce to our right for a, a greater good. And so I think if we looked at it from that perspective, what is it that really counts in our in our life? What is it that counts for us and what is it gonna really bring glory to God, then we will have more time, more energy, more funds, more prayer time. I mean, I, I've always said, you know, the most important thing is prayer. And I still, I still think that. And maybe there's a, a whole new dimension we can discover. So pray for a place like Italy. We have, you know, very basic needs. In these days in the city of Palermo, there are families so desperate because they don't have their daily income, because they don't have anything aside. They only have what they earn on the day. Now they're not earning on the day. So what they're doing is they're, uh, they're threatening or they're trying to go into supermarkets to steal food. Uh, simply because they have nothing else to live in, the structure, the infrastructure is not good enough to provide it, and so uh, you know we're in the midst of a situation which is very fragile. And and I'm thinking, you know, we have projects for conferences, for meetings, for events. You know, we we purchase so much stuff, and we worry about our buildings, and that's all great. But now we're in. A, we need to adopt a war mentality in the sense that we have uh, tremendous uh, needs around us. We've got people who potentially, over the coming months, will be literally dying. Again, in the north of Italy, there are are people who are already not only out of work, but out of funds. They don't have money to go and buy food at the store and and buy medicine. And so that could become, if you think of other parts of the world, that could become a, a million times worse. So I think the message is for us, we need to all redefine, reprioritize. It doesn't mean we have to go kind of crazy and therefore we, we only eat bread and water for the rest of our life, but it does mean we need to be wise administrators and we need to be asking God to really bless our choices and that we can do it before him and where possible that we are investing in mission work, that we are going to the countries where there'll be all kinds of needs on every level. But the essential level still remains the gospel. What people need in Italy, what people will need in Italy, is the gospel. What the thousands of people who have lost a relative in the north of Italy need is not just uh, a kind of somebody to hug you and to say, oh, it's going to be okay, but somebody to present and live out the gospel with you. And so by all means, we need to be redefining our choices, our priorities, our lifestyles, And hey, where where will God call you? Where will he send you? Maybe some remote kind of European country in some remote village to bring the gospel and to live it out and to support a whole community with a message of hope. And so it's a great opportunity for us to live through in the coming weeks and months.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much. That is solid gold. I am so excited for the listeners to get this and to inform their prayers and inform their hearts and even... um, Encourage their own faith. So, thanks for your decades of of work in Italy, and for your leadership in the church there now, and for just sharing with us today. Thank
1: you so much. It's been a great opportunity, and uh, every blessing on on you as in your neck of the woods continue to be facing the opportunities and the challenges.
0: Thank you, Jenny. Thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to check out the show notes to see links to an article that J.D. wrote on the Gospel Coalition titled, Is the Church in Italy Going to Be Okay? Also check out a link for more information about J.D.'s ministry in Italy. This episode marks the start of a new series of Pioneers in Europe podcasts. So stay tuned for more. In the meantime, check out our website, PioneersinEurope.com, to learn more about how you can be involved in what God is doing across the world.